Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Thank you, beautiful people of God, my family. Amen. We are family, and I'm always so um, blessed when Pastor Weiner asked me to come and share a word with you because normally God would minister to my heart first, and then I can bring the word to you. The theme for tonight is How far do you want to go? So let's just pray. Father, thank you. You are the lover of our souls, Lord. Lord, since the first song, I experienced you so heavy tonight. And I just know, Father, that tonight you want to activate in a new way. You want to revive. You want to even come and shed light on all dusty dreams tonight, Father. And I know you want to revive ministries in hearts tonight and you are the light jesus i pray that your light will come and shine and just enlighten the eyes of our understanding and lord come and give us a clear thorough revelation of who you called each and every one of us to be and help us to say we will walk on with you lord in jesus name Amen. I want to take you back to the life of Elijah tonight. And, and we are um, talking about uh, the history of uh, about 300 years after Joshua and the new generation entered the promised land. And at this stage, um, the people of God actually forgot who they really were me, and, and how they were meant to be. So I want to look at aspects of Elijah's calling and the way God called him and how he responded to that tonight. So Elijah means um, God is salvation. It's important to understand why God could use this man so mightily. And um, that was his calling. His calling was to show the salvation of God to a generation that forgot who they were in God, and a generation who forgot who the God was. So um, uh, that is why Elijah uh, performed maybe some of the most extraordinary miracles ever recorded in the Bible. And um, Elijah actually, in, in, in how can I say it? Yeah. Recorded, 16 different miracles were recorded um, throughout his lifespan. So um, he lived in very dark times like where we are living at the moment. And um, he stood as a light in his generation. And he was a voice crying out for God. Crying out the salvation of God. Displaying 
the salvation of God. And, and now we just celebrated the cross, the crucifixion, the resurrection of Jesus. And we must remember Elijah lived in a time, in a very dark time, where we was, the, the people of God were still longing to see their Savior. It was way before um, Jesus was supposed to be born. But still, and yet, he was a symbol and he lived out the power um, of God. And I want to show you um, how he responded to his calling. So the first scripture I want to read, and in the scripture we will, see, we will see how Elijah made a decision to forget the past, to forget who he used to be, and to pursue the calling of God for his life. So in 1 Kings 19 verse 90 to 21, the word says, So Elijah went from there and found Elijah, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12 pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. So Elijah came from nowhere, and he just threw his cloak over Elijah. Elisha, it's important to understand and to remember. Verse 20 says, Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come to you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people. And, uh, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his attendant. And in, in the King James he says, and he ministered to him. So um, the first thing we see about Elisha is that he was a plowman. Here he was plowing with his oxen to break up um, tough, rough, rugged ground. This was his job. This is what he what, what he done all his life. And he would remain a plowman to the end of his life, although God had a whole new ground in mind for Elisha. So it's important for us to see tonight that um, the way that God has raised Eli Elisha, how he made him a, a, a farmer, how he taught him how to persevere in the roughest, toughest ground. Um, the ground that God would use him in the future wouldn't be to plow um, real earthly ground, but to plow hardened hearts of the people of God. This is where Elijah would head in, in, in the future. So, Elisha. So, Elijah comes up and throw his mantle around Elisha. You will see from above that Elisha didn't have to ask What's going on? Never in this whole passage that we have read that Elijah asked Elijah, Elijah, what are you up to? Why did you come and throw this cloak over me? Elijah, because he was in a relationship with God and he understood the patterns of God, knew the moment when the, the, the cloak 
came over him from Elijah that this was his calling. So the mantle, we call it mantles, in those days were made of, of, of um, um, animal skin. Um, in, in, in the modern days, we like to, to ask for mantles. Give me your mantle, throw me a mantle. And um, in those days, when we look, it wasn't maybe um, such a um, nice thing to wear, but what it represented was powerful. The calling, the position, and the authority of the prophet. So what Elijah did to Elisha, when he came up to him, where he were busy plowing, where he were busy working, his everyday work, by throwing the mantle over him, he said, Elisha, God spoke, and he wants you to know that this is your calling. You will carry my mantle. And at that point, Elisha made a fantastic decision, and that was to lay down everything he was busy with, everything he knew, and follow Elijah. Elijah tried to discourage him. We read there, he, he asked him, what did I do to you? But Elijah went back, and he even destroyed what he used to work with. He destroyed, he killed the cattle. Twelve of them, the oxen. He destroyed this, the, the utensils that he used to cook meat with. To show Elijah, I am determined to follow my calling. I am adamant to follow you. So there's a few points um, that I want wants to highlight tonight with the calling of Elisha which is really important for each and every one of us tonight to understand that there is a, um, no, a, ver, a, a vergelijking tussen ons in Elisa, Sarupang. And the first one is the sovereign calling of God in our lives. It's a sovereign choice that God makes. From the passage we see that God chose Elijah. Elijah was simply going about his normal daily business of plowing the fields. When God came through his prophet Elijah and sought him out. In like manner, in, John, uh, in, in Luke 19 verse 10, the word says, the son of man came to seek and save that which is lost. And in John 15, 16, he says, And as Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I have chosen you. And you see, in the Old Testament, God always spoke through prophets. He always made known his will, his calling, and what his, cho his chosen ones through prophets. But Jesus on the cross just what we celebrated now. And we must know when we go into Passover, we are celebrating the finished work on the cross, never to be formed, performed on earth again. And the resurrection of Jesus. And at the, the first appearance of Jesus to the disciples in John 20, 21, Jesus came and he said unto them, his first words he spoken, peace unto you. 
as my father has sent me, I sent you. So there's nobody in this congregation tonight that should ask the question, am I called? Am I sent? Because the Lord, through his ultimate prophet, the biggest prophet that ever lived on the face of the earth, Jesus Christ, came. The first words, so important to him for you to understand and know, is that as my father has sent me, I sent you. So like Elijah came and he threw the, the mantle on Elisha um, as a confirmation and as a call to Elisha. And, and, and as an, uh, uh, um, yeah, he introduced him to, to what God uh, uh, meant his life to become. More than Elijah. He did more miracles than Elijah. Jesus came and he said, I sent you as my father has sent me. So one of the first things that the Lord really wants you to know tonight, and I feel so hard, it's so strong on my heart, that there is people in this house that really doubt whether you were called by God. And I want to say tonight to you, my brother and my sister, my family, you are not only called, you are commissioned by the highest prophet that ever lived on the face of the earth. So we cannot explain or understand God's sovereign choice. At the cross, things changed. In the Old Testament, and in this case, he chose Elijah to, to, to be the follower-up and to receive double anointing from Elijah. But in his sovereignty, he decided to give every person the opportunity to choose to follow him. We don't understand the will of man. We don't understand why certain people say yes and others will forever be lost. But even in this house tonight, the same spirit is speaking into your spirit, telling you, prompting you, provoking you to a place where you would say, yes, Lord. Like Elijah, Elisha had to go back and he had to destroy everything he used to work with. The 12 oxen. Jesus had to leave the 12 disciples. He had to walk his path all on his own to the cross for me and you. He had to just leave and, and walk away from those he loved so much. Those he would know would hurt so much. His 12 disciples. To come to a place where he could be resurrected from the death, approaching his disciples, the first people he spoke to, but still speaking to you and me, saying, I have sent you like I've sent my father. And this young man in front, I don't know your name, but when I came in and you are writing at the moment and you don't know I'm speaking to you, but when I came in and I sat and I saw you, God said, I called you to be a mighty evangelist. Mighty in stature for God. In Revelations 22, 17, the word says, Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of water, of life. We are called to be vessels 
of life, life-giving vessels. But it's a, a, a decision. We have to submit our will to the will of God and say yes. The second thing is counting the cost. We see also the seriousness of Elijah's response. How seriously did Elijah take this calling from Elijah? I think, you know, we need to think about it to go back and to kill the oxen. So I will never return to this plow land. I'm taking up a new plow for God. I will work on the hearts of the people of the Lord. Oh, Lord, help us. Well, this is answered above where we read uh, that Elijah slaughtered the oxen. Are we willing to lay down our past? Are we willing to lay down what we love so much? Tonight, we had a question. Think about what is the most important to you. And I thought, Lord, you are so awesome. Because this is such so in line with what you want to, to speak to our hearts tonight. There will come a time where we have to choose our comfort. I, 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 I'm nights up in, in the presence of God above comfort. There will come times in some of our lives where we will have to choose God above family. We will have to choose God above, above, above. Don't know what is the things that you have to put God above. We will have to choose to walk away from arguments why I'm still addicted to whatever. Don't matter your uh, um, struggle, but Jesus made a way on the cross. He would never come and say, as my Father has sent me, I sent you, if he did not make your way. Your way is made. It's your choice to walk. It's your choice, like Elijah, to go back and make this counter-cost. What do I want to kill to follow Jesus? He's one of the greatest examples of someone leaving behind the old life when the call of God comes, when he got understanding of the call of God, he knew this was a new beginning for him, and there is no compromise with a past life. And again, I want to say, God has no issue with our past, but his eyes are on the decisions we will make for our future. There's some stuff that is stealing our commitment. We need to count the cost. Jesus said in Luke 9:62, "No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God." Many times we are these, these, these altar calls, and we make hastily decisions, and hastily we make promises. But there's such a warning where God wants us to hear tonight. Don't make haste decisions. Don't make haste promises. I'm sure Elisha thought about this. He did not make haste decisions. 
So what do we see? A third thing from his life, and we can't go into into uh, um, the detail of this, we don't have time, but it's something that took him to this higher calling, that, that, or his, high, his higher calling led him to near dimensions of ministering unto God. So when we make this decision for a higher calling, to walk a deeper walk of God, to say yes to the, the, the calling that he has called us to. There is three things I want to lift out tonight. In 1 Kings 19 verse 21, we, we have read this, but I want to read it again. Then he arose and went after Elijah. And in the King James it says, and ministered unto him. We ought not to minister unto Elijah, but unto God, unto Jesus himself. Firstly, we make a decision to arise, to count the cost, to leave the past behind, to follow Jesus. It is the first level of ministering unto God. The second thing is we are called, uh, uh, we, we make a decision to praise God, to come with thanksgiving before God, and to offer ourselves in a new way. Romans 12, 1 says... And it's important, can I come net lees vir julle? Net my Bible kry. Offer yourselves up as a living sacrifice. This is the kind of worship the Lord wants. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service or worship. In our other translation. So the second thing is to make a decision to praise God. Don't matter the circumstances. Don't matter what is happening. To to, to daily thank God for who he is, for what he has done for you, in you, for other peoples. To praise and thank God even for what he's doing in your opposition. You know, sometimes we as business people can be very nasty. But the Lord calls us to a deeper dimension of worship in him. Thirdly, we minister unto God by meeting the needs of members of his body. And why do I bring this, this uh, um, ministry facet into Elijah's life? Because when we can we look at his life, we will see the 16 different recorded miracles he performed. Feed widows, um, cleanse the poisoned soup, heal, raise the dead, um, heal the water, um, what else? He served the community. He met needs in the community. Did Jesus not say in Mark 16, these signs will follow those who believe? The same calling. Elijah, Elijah did this in the Old Testament. He walked in such a deep relationship with God that God could use him to perform more noted, recorded miracles than any of his disciples. And this is how God calls us. 
This is worship unto God. Matthew 25, 40 says, um, and this is now uh, speaking of the, the, um, a, a day when judgment will come between the goats and the sheep. It's referring the scripture to those end time when, when Jesus come to judge between the goats and the sheep. And the, the word says, the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. We are doing it unto God. When we meet the need, it's one of the things Elijah did. He went to the city, Jericho, whose water were ill, caused barrenness. He had the answer. He could perform a prophetic action to heal the waters. How much more can we, as the children of God, born by His Spirit, filled with His Spirit, led by His Spirit, meet the needs of Secunda, heal the troubled waters in people's lives? Not phoning a friend for help, but be the help. That Jesus called us to be. This is ministering unto the Lord. The thing that Elijah did so well and God desired us to do. So, in 2 Kings 2, verse 1 to 6, we read. I just want to see my time. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elijah were there, uh, were on their way to Gilgal. Elijah said to Eli, Elijah said to Elisha, "Say, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel." But Elisha said, "As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live." I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Then Elisha said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, but do not speak of it. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. And this is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. The two of them walked on. Pressing on to the higher calling is the last aspect of Elijah's life that I want to speak to you about. So Elisha returned to Elijah and now we see 
how he persevered, how he made this decision. Even though Elijah tried to test his commitment to be a prophet that will walk in double the anointing by telling him to stay behind. Elijah made up his mind. I will follow you, Elijah, till the end. I will pursue what God wants for me. And then came the words that said, so the two of them walked on. We see at each stage of Elijah, um, how, how he spoke to Elijah, uh, or in the first place, we saw how Elijah tells Elijah to stop and not to go any further with him. The second thing is we see Elijah's determination to press on and not to leave Elijah. Maybe we can ask ourselves tonight, when God called you, that you make a quality decision to press in for higher ground to press in with God, to press in with Holy Spirit for your higher calling. And the third thing we see is the four places mentioned that led to Elijah's higher calling and led to a life lift or an extraordinary life lift for God. So I want to, to speak to you about the four places. And this is very applicable to us when we make our decision to follow the Lord. Gilgal means separation. And it's separation from the flesh, the past unto God. And Gilgal was the same place where Joshua set up the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan in 2 Kings verse 1. When we go to the New Testament, we find Philippians 3 verse 6 and 7 that says, if anyone else thinks he has reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more, Paul speaking here, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. In our answer to the calling of God, we should come to a place where we say, I will consider everything I knew, have, and who I am representing a loss to gain Christ. He is our hope of glory. He is in us. Bethel, the second place Elisha followed Elijah to, means house of God, a desire to know God and be in his presence. It's the same place where Jacob laid his head on the stone. Important to understand how God will always take us back to the places where his heroes of faith, and now I'm talking about places in the spirit. Do we desire the house of God and his presence more than anything? In Philippians 3, 8, the word says, What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. 
Jacob came, he laid his head on the, on the stone and he wrestled with the angel of God and he said, I will not let go until, remember the scripture? This is what the Lord says of Bethel. In our answering to the call of God in our lives, we need to come to a place where we pursue his presence more than anything where we desire his presence more than anything, where we will grab hold of him and say, I will not let go until I'm filled with you. Until the full measure of the stature of Christ, full maturity arise in me. It is a process we need to pursue. They walked unto Jericho, which means faith, and, and it meant walk by faith and not own righteousness and own strength. It's to be absolutely dependent on the leading of the Holy Spirit. The same place where Joshua and the people of God had to walk in faith around the wall of Jericho, realizing only God could bring the walls down to truly Walk in the calling God has called us. We need to lay down all self-effort and self-dependency. We need to lay down all our own knowledge. This whole week I had a word on my heart. The word came to me, Elisha, but I had something different. And this morning when I truly started to pray, God said, this is the word, not what you thought. It's the word. It's to come to a place where we will be dependent on God, leading of Holy Spirit to take us where we need to be. Philippians 3.9 says, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. A place where we will understand that the blood of Jesus is my righteousness. No excuses. I don't need to perform to grow in righteousness. It is a place I need to enter and say, here I am, Lord. Remember one thing, the presence of God changes us. We can try to overcome evil, but we can only ever overcome the battles in our lives with the presence of the Lord in our lives. I'm telling you, I've been experiencing my own life where I tried and tried and tried certain things on my own, certain battles and certain challenges I faced daily. But the day when I said, Lord, I'm so tired, I just can't, and I gave over, the Lord led me into the path where I found my deliverance. And I can tell you one thing, it's a real, for those who know me for a while, for, it's a real testimony. I tried to overcome a thyroid challenge, a vergrote thyroid And overweight. 
for 22 years as a spiritual child of God. And one day in Bloemfontein, my husband took me to lead a very serious warfare on behalf of the government and our nation. And the thyroid, it, 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 it enlarged around my, my sliptarm. I don't know what it is in English. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> the fact of the matter is Satan tried to choke me to death. And my spirit rose above that, that day. And I made a declaration and I said, my husband agreed. I draw a line in the spirit. You had two days. Two years and not anymore. And I said, spirit of God, come. God touched me, yes. I've seen a spiritful doctor. She gave me instructions and she helped me. No medication, I'm telling you. I lost 20 kilos up till now. This is my personal testimony of a battle I didn't know how to win. But the day when I came to the end of myself, as a spiritual child of God, and hear what I'm saying, we all have challenges. Come to the end of yourself. So that God can show the greatness of Christ that's already in you. Come to full power in that situation. The last place is Jericho, which means faith. Walk by faith and not own righteousness, strength. Ach no, Jordan. Sorry, I was not Jordan is the last one, which means death and resurrection. Die to self and live in Christ. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground, the same place where the Israelites were circumcised, healed and moved from manna and eating manna daily to eating from the goodness of the land. This is Jordan. So Philippians 3.10 says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. Oh, Help us, Lord, becoming like him in his death. And so, somehow, to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Jordan symbolizes a place. The Israelites just passed through the Jordan. They had to circumcise themselves with flint stone and then wait three days for the wounds to heal because they forgot who they were to be, meant to be. And this is a place where we were just reborn, resurrected from spiritual death, and came to a place where we must allow Holy Spirit to just come and remove the filth, the dead works, the effect of dead works, the effect of the dead world that we were used to serve. Leave the place of manna where we only have enough for today and enter into a place where we can eat from the goodness of Conan. And this is Elijah's life. He had to revisit the places that Elijah also visited. It is very difficult, Elijah and Elijah. You can tell me what you want. Can I tell you something? 
if I can stand and preach the gospel, you can do it. I was such a shy, broken soul. He came to seek and save me too. He found me. He wants to find you, find you. In your brokenness, in the place where you are, don't ever be shy. Because God can use a crooked stick to, to hit the straight line. Just now you can laugh. That's why we are family. We can just be ourselves. It's not a mistake to fall over your words. I want to encourage you tonight. Elijah had to revisit the ancient places of Elijah. He had to make God his desire and focus. We need to. He had to walk by faith, faithful following Elijah. We need to do the same. He had to fix his eyes on Elijah to receive double anointing. We have to fix our eyes on Christ, the risen King, to receive what we need, the Holy Spirit. He is the one, Jesus, that baptized us with his spirit. If you haven't been baptized with the Holy Spirit, come and see the leadership. You need that. He had to tore his clothes, if you go back and read the passage, before he could receive the mantle. It's in verse 12 and 13. So to end, and I will end here. I just found this morning while I was worshiping, praying, preparing my heart to receive the real word. This Psalm 65 verse 8 that says, My soul follows hard after you. Your right hand upholds me. And this is what God wants for you, is that you will come to a place where you will long to follow Jesus only. A place where you will, like Elijah, say, I will not leave you, Lord. Don't matter where I find myself. If it's a hard place or a better place, I will not leave you. I will follow you till the end. Why? Because my soul follows hard after you. Isn't it beautiful what David has said me? And can we say like that? So just to sum everything up. On the cross, Jesus dealt with the past. He was raised from the dead. We were raised with him. It's a choice whether you will live in the power of the resurrection, or with resurrection power. It's a choice whether you will follow him fully. You need to count the cost. You need to make a, a sober decision. You need to leave your past behind and know he's got nothing to do with that. Go and destroy what hinders you from following the Lord. Close the doors. Close every gateway that leads your eyes and your stuff back to wrong paths. And make a decision. You will follow him. So tonight, there's a question I want to ask. Maybe 
you have said yes to God once. And maybe you came to one of these places, Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, Jordan, in your life. And instead of saying, I will go on and walk on with you, Jesus, in my calling I'm talking about tonight, you stopped. Maybe you felt I'm not good enough, I'm not equipped enough, or whatever the excuse is. I just feel God wants to revive your dreams. The dream he gave to you. Don't let this evening pass without surrendering fully to God. Maybe there are some of you that never said yes to your calling, but you know God spoke to you. That's the second invitation for prayer tonight. Come, say, Lord, here I am. I'm unsure. I'm not sure what this will hold for me, but here I am, God. I want to meet your needs in the city. I want to be the answer and the voice crying out, prepare ye a way for the Lord in Secunda and where you sent me. There's some of you that will not be long before God will send you to the corners of the earth. Jesus cannot return unless the gospel has been preached to the furthest corners of the earth. He needs you and me. Don't say, I don't have money. I've done that. It's a very bad excuse because the silver and the gold belongs to Jesus. It's a bad, that's one of the worst excuses you can use. Just come and say, here I am, Lord, I'm willing. And yeah, that is the word that God gave me. I really pray that this word will fall in good soil. There's four kinds of soil. Only 25% of the four kinds of soil is good soil. And this is my prayer, Lord. Tonight I pray for this beautiful house of yours. Your family. I pray that this word will fall in good soil tonight. That not one heart in this place will be hard soil. Soil with thistles and thorns. and But good soil. And Father, if there's any person in this house that still needs to receive salvation, I pray that this will be his or her night. In Jesus' name.